Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. This week on Erotic Awakening, Trust Fails EA100 and Hotel Living. We'd like to thank our new Patreon supporter, Carol. Among oh. other perks, Patreon <laughs> supporters get free Kickstarter cards. As well as... Oh, come on. <laughs> Discounts to events like the upcoming one-of-a-kind Hearts and Collars. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. I figure at uh, 500 plus episodes, we're allowed to fuck around a little bit. Oh, just a little bit. So we're coming up on 11 years, actually. Have you looked at the starting date yet? Is it January or February that we started? I think it was February. Okay, so we have time to put something together. Are you talking about the beginning of the podcast? Uh-huh. Uh, back in February, or back in uh, 11 years ago when we started, we were still Erotic World Weekly. Were we? Yeah, and we decided that we didn't want to commit to weekly, so. <laughs> so that's good. We took it out of the title. So today on the podcast, we have Slave Lion, uh, the, um, well, just has all the titles in the world. She was saying, well, I got I do this and I do that, I do this. I just stopped writing it because it's too much. <laughs> but uh, she is going to come on and talk to us about the uh, question of the day. We'll get there in just a moment. But hey, Slave Lion, before we go any further, uh, how do you gender identify? Hi, I identify as he and hers. Thank you. I don't have to start the podcast over. I should have start, started with that question. Uh, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about Dawn. Uh, you and I, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we live in the huge polyamory house, which is the unicorn house. Oh. It's a house that's so big that... If you wanted to stay with us for a week or two, we might not notice. Because... That is true. And and I can remember a uh, slight um, disagreement that you and I had. Don't remember what it was over. But I do remember that both of us could walk around the house and not have to see each other. <laughs> I like the idea. It's been a couple of months ago. I don't remember what it was over. <laughs> I like the idea that if you, me, Karen... And each of us brought a partner over to the house at the same time. And all of us had to pee at the same time. Mm. All of us could go pee in different bathrooms. One, two, three. So you're talking six people, five bathrooms. Yeah, as long as no one used the hot tub. I was going to say five <laughs> five bathrooms and the litter box, I guess. Uh, true, true. So, But we did just sell that house. Uh, cha- that chapter's over and time to move on. Yes. And, and for listeners, it's not like it was a mansion or anything. It was just yeah. a bizarre, weirdly built Two houses built into one. It was a fantastic situation for a polyamory house. And as Dawn said, as of um, yesterday, we closed on that bad boy. And it's away it goes to. And fortunately, we're, we're happy to hear that we thought some investors were going to buy it and turn it into a bunch of Airbnbs or something, or something, which would have yeah. been, you know, you buy it and okay. do, whatever, do what you want with it. But it's going to be a, a family a woman with a young daughter and she's going to move her mom into the yep, other so side it's going to be a multi-generational so, family which is so, really what's yeah. it intended to be in the first place yep so buy unicorn house but the point to that being <laughs> uh you and i decided to buy a new place we're going to downsize going to get a little bit of uh oh we downsizing yes <laughs> well but, retirement's coming up don't say that that makes me sound hey. like well well it's it's years down the road but it's in the foreseeable future and we wanted something smaller. Absolutely. And um, the the problem being is you buy a place, you sell a place, our timing isn't right. It's kind of like... It's not our timing, it's their timing. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the thing where um, 
you got pregnant in this month and you got married in that month and things just don't <laughs> it's line, not up, line right? up when people start doing the math. Yeah, this is one of those situations. <laughs> so you and I are living in a hotel for a month between the two things. We are. So a lot of people say, uh, how in the hell do you live in a hotel for a month? Don't the two of you, plus the cat and the dog, don't you guys get in each other's skin and want to kill each other? No, and it has not been like that. For one, as many presentations as we do, we're used to you know, three and four days in a hotel. And right now it's only been seven, seven? Sure. Yeah, seven. So it's been seven. So it's been like a um, um, a long vacation, except we don't usually have the cat and dog. You and I get along really well. The cat and the dog get along really well. So, so far, so good. Probably the, the worst part is Ginger thinks she has to, the dog thinks she has to protect us from everything. So when she hears a creak and a somebody walk by the door, she wants to bark at them. Mm-hmm. And the cat thinks she needs to be drinking out of the spigot all the time. So at 5 o'clock in the morning when the workers leave, because it's an extended stay oh, hotel. Right, yeah, yeah. So 5 o'clock in the morning when the workers are leaving to, to go do their job, Ginger's jumping off the bed and barking at the door. And the cat's like, oh, this is my opportunity to get them humans up too because I need water. <laughs> so she starts meowing and we have to turn on the spigot. So that's probably the only thing that I'm not enjoying at the moment is getting up at 5 a.m. Slave Lion, apparently, you didn't realize what a kinky fuck cast this was. <laughs> Boy, it's the kind of fucky, kinky stuff we do. Uh, and But again, you know, after uh, 20 years of, and, and you know, you really, when you get into poly, polyamory, power exchange, it is about, yeah, you know, there's equations where you get to talk about the great sex and the great scenes and all that stuff. It's about life in general, right? And And living life and, you know, for you and me to be in a power exchange relationship and stuck in a hotel for, you know, a month days, under yeah. each other's skin, it's just you do the same thing you always do. You keep the, the power exchange first. The relationship works itself out. Um, yep. And we have quickly picked up our own little roles. Like I told uh, <laughs> our friend Kevin the other day that um, – not to tell anybody at the Dom Club that I was doing laundry because <laughs> you know how the other Doms would feel about that. Well, you know how weird that was. I came in. You said you were going to do it. And I'm like, okay, because I haven't had time. And I walk in and there's two baskets of folded laundry, not just laundry thrown in the basket, but folded. I'm putting away folded laundry that I didn't do. And that felt so weird. Sorry, I'll stop it. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm I, good I will, with that. You did a great job. <laughs> I, I will have to point out that you did say, um, I, when when I saw you, I said, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm working from home today. I'll go do the laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the hotel, it's a little different than the way it normally works. Right. Um, and then about an hour later, you texted and you said, hey, do me a favor. Don't do the reds because I just got something. No, I said don't. Yeah, don't do the light colors because I did just buy a new T-shirt that I had thrown in there and it was a dark blue. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there scratching my ass looking at dirty laundry going, I'm doing what? Oh, fuck. Was I going to do that? Oh, yeah. So I'm glad you sent that. <laughs> well, I was thinking because when you said you were going to do it, I'm like, okay, so pretty much all the laundry is safe. The reds are old. The whites are okay. If the whites get ruined, it's not like we brought a lot, so we can always buy new. So, okay, no warnings to give them. It's all good. And I think, I don't know what I was doing when it just popped into my head. New shirt, new shirt alarm. <laughs> don't let them wash the new shirt. <laughs> I, again, I wonder about people that find the podcast and say, oh, yeah, I love this dirty, sexy shit. That's why they talk about their laundry. What the fuck's going on? If it helps, I thought about not washing your panties and selling them on eBay. <laughs> Hey, if it makes money, what the hell? Exactly. We have to pay for that hotel. 
So today our uh, question of the day goes like this. Uh, my dominant is also my husband. And we are in a 24-7 DS relationship. And, and uh, we've been together for about six years. And uh, recently we had a major issue. Kind of a big deal here. He cheated on me and then he lied about it. And then I caught him. Uh, the writer says they are uh, working through it in a vanilla sense, but doesn't know if they will be able to trust him again ever enough to get our DS back. And I'm. Yep. And from, oh, you did say this. Um, he's the dominant and she's the submissive. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's a, that's a big fucking deal. Uh, they said any thoughts would be amazing. Um, and, and, and sign it long time podcast fan. And we do get asked this, um, not a lot, but. This question does come up a bit. I bet you it's down in our list of things to cover that we've had over the years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we, we just don't know how to answer it yet. Knock on wood, I don't want to, you know, I was just telling Lion, I don't want to be able to answer that question, honestly. But um, I really appreciate someone that'll come on the show and talk about it, though. Yeah. So today on this podcast, we do have Slave Lion, a uh, longtime friends of our, friend of ours, as well as keeper of the secret words that <laughs> I'm not going to say it on the oh, podcast. Oh, you're not going to say it? Oh, I was going to. That's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes. Um, as well as a representative for the GLLA sector rep, uh, area of mast title holder, all kinds of cool stuff. Slave Lion, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to talk with you, too. And um, hopefully I can share some ideas that will be helpful um, to your listeners. Good. We uh, So recently I took that question from our listener and I posted it to one of the uh, Power Exchange Facebook groups I'm on. And you responded by saying, I have some ideas and thoughts around that. So um, start off with, I mean, do you, you think that they should just, I mean, I have to admit, when I wrote that, the, my one of my first thoughts was, well, fuck it. I mean, you know, go start a new relationship because this is done. So what are your thoughts sure. on that? And I, 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 I was just going to say, if you're uh, going to respond the same way I did, then this is going to be a super short show and very depressing. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, that is a natural primary reaction to hearing something like that. I mean, how many times have people said, oh, if I'm in any kind of a relationship, if someone keeps on me, it's done, it's over, I'm gone, I'm not putting up with that, right? Right. And you can't blame, you can't blame somebody for feeling that way. That's a huge violation of trust, obviously. And I'm, like I was telling you before the, you know, we got started, I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, I would. I don't want anybody to ever have to go through something like this. But as you said yourself, talking about your laundry, power exchange is also life. It's real life. And when all of the fun, sexy times are over, bad shit happens. And sometimes bad shit includes things like this. People are human. Uh, dominants are human. Masters are human. Slaves are human. Um, and I think that everybody has to kind of come to their own decision about whether or not something like cheating is something that they are willing to tolerate. There is no wrong or right answer. If that's your so-called red line, God speak. You know, you have to protect yourself at, above all else. And if that's where you are, that's great. But if you are in a relationship and you find yourself in this situation, even though that might be your primary reaction, fuck it, I'm out, uh, you, you may have other thoughts about that as things you know, subtle and 
maybe you're not willing to walk away over the indiscretion in question, particularly if it's, you know, out of character, if it's the first time, if, you know, nothing like this has ever happened before. I think the conversation about repeated cheating probably looks a little different, right? Absolutely. So, but how do you start that conversation as, I mean, do you, do you have to suspend the power exchange? Is that step number one? Ooh, that's probably the hardest question. Because when you first find something out like this, and I am speaking from personal experience, um, unfortunately, this had happened in our own dynamic. Uh, probably not too many years after we started uh, living an MS life together. We had been together prior to that. Um, this will be our 20th year together this year. Uh, but we have only been involved in MS for about eight years. So not long after we started our dynamic, this kind of thing did in fact happen. And when you first hear, you know, this thing has happened, oh my God, how could you do this to me? You're not really thinking too much about your dynamic. It's more like, at least for me, it was utter numbness and shock. Like this person who I trust implicitly, I've given everything in my life to has done this thing. What now? And I think that is the first step in dealing with this situation is just allowing yourself to freak out. However, you have to freak out, throw things, scream, cry, go stay with your mother, do whatever you have to do. You have to have that space to get those feelings out. Because nothing else can be done until that is processed a little bit. Uh, incumbent upon the partner who did the deed, I guess, so it's a better phrase at the moment, to allow you the space to do that and not expect anything else from you at that point. Is that suspending the dynamic? You can make an argument that it is. I don't know that I necessarily thought about it that way. But that has to happen. And until that happens, Nothing else can really start to heal. There's no conversations that you're going to have that are going to be productive. Okay, so you give yourself some space, and absolutely, there's, there's, and you know, I've, I've been in the situation where I've had a partner cheat on me before, so I understand there's the initial shock and there's the initial, uh, not only the disbelief that it's, especially in a situation where you know, I suppose that you're in a, a relationship where you can speak up and say, hey, I'm thinking about go banging this person or, boy, I find this person attractive. And that's just part of the conversations you're allowed to have. So you get through the shock phase. And then what's, mm -hmm. the, what's the rebuilding trust part looks like? Well, assuming that you are in a place where you are willing to go forward, and I'm going to make the assertion that any relationship has to have that trust in place. Um, whether it's power exchange or not, I would question, you know, if you're just, if you have a vanilla partnership or whatever it looks like, if you can't trust that person, that's, that's a significant issue, whether or not you have a caller regardless. Um, and I don't want to get into discussions about how power exchange takes, you know, any greater level of trust or not. That I feel like that's another topic. But regardless of who you are or what you're doing, that trust has to, has to be there. So if you're in a place where you feel like that you do want to go forward and see what happens, at least giving it a try, 
and that's not a given, but if you are, then you have to sit down and have some serious conversations. Um, and again, the person who is aggrieved is probably going to do more of the talking at first. And that is appropriate because they have to be able to express themselves to their partner. Their partner needs to listen and needs to show that they are hearing you. They need to show that they understand why what happened is not okay. And once that established, I feel like if you are going to go forward, you have to have some proof in the pudding, okay? You have to have some agreement, some acknowledgement that trust is going to be rebuilt over time. It's not going to happen overnight. And the partner who has cheated, I feel like it's really upon them to demonstrate through their daily lives that they are sorry, that it will not happen again, and do whatever they have to do in order to make sure the other person starts to feel safe again. Acknowledging that it is not an overnight process. It's going to take time. For us, once we had that initial conversation, and it was ugly, <laughs> but once we had that initial conversation, um, we did very much kind of double down on our protocols. Was the trust there? Absolutely not. Still a lot of hurt feelings for quite some time. Um, but we made an intention to go ahead and follow through with our bedtime rituals, with the, the use of um, sir or master. The things that we do on a daily basis that help bring our identity as MS to the forefront of our minds on a regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Under, yeah, I mean, understanding that, 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 they, that it's ritual in order to take an intent and to try to heal, not that that healing has already happened. And there were times where I didn't feel like it was always sincere on my part. And he knew that. And that's okay. It's at a point where I felt, if I would have felt like I could not do that, that would have been my sign that this was done. So but that didn't happen. Yeah, so what, what I'm hearing is, because when I, when I first get these questions, I'm very much about of, oh my God, well, if it happened once, it's going to happen again. Why are you going to stay? Blah, blah, blah. People will ask me if there's mm-hmm. a, Yeah, yeah, people will... People will ask me if there's any reason I would ever leave Dan, and I'm like, yeah, if he ever cheated on me, and, you know, things like that. So I'm I'm picturing from that moment, there was a time that Dan came very close to cheating on me, and he told me, he was brave enough to tell me, and funny enough, my response was, oh, shit, he was brave enough to tell me, we need to talk about this, instead of being totally pissed off, right? So it's kind of funny what happens in your brain when this happens? I mean, there's the, I'm trying to find words. It's been a long day, but, but there's this, you've been vulnerable to this person. Now they've cheated on you. So anger, I'm picturing a lot of anger, a lot of defensiveness on both sides, maybe anger on both sides. Maybe I did this because you did that or, you know, whatever. So I just see a lot of head banging, but you said something that made me think, Oh, you can both actually sit down and decide to co-create how you want this to work out. 
You don't have to mm-hmm. walk away because everybody else thinks you should walk away or society has told you that you have to walk away because this is what's done. You can actually sit right. down, even if you argue about it, even if there's grieving, even if there's yelling, even if there's whatever, you can still come to that point where you make that decision. Okay, but what we have is still good and we still want to create something good. So now let's sit down and discuss what we're going to do to move forward. So that's it exactly. Huh. That's a neat feeling that I have inside of me going, Mm -hmm. huh, you don't have to walk away because other people think that's what you do. So at what point do you say, is this not the primary thing that you're talking about and dealing with every day? And I know it's going to be different for everybody, but for yourself, um, I mean, obviously you have to put a lot of energy and work toward repairing this trust, but how long did it take before you could go a day or two without it, you know, being a conversation thing or something that you thought about or something like that? Oh, that's a good question. I, um, I knew for sure for the first month it was nearly constant. <laughs> sure. It was nearly constant. Uh, and I think slowly over time we started speaking about it less and less and then like it would be a few weeks and then it would just come up and then it would be a few weeks and then it would just come up and naturally over as that trust is more established it comes up less and less and and you know honestly we do still talk about it talk about what happened we've talked about it in public before um because I think it's impo- it's a, a part of our past, but the thing is, we don't talk about it in terms of, well, you did this, and I felt like this, right? We talk about it as what we learned from that and how we don't ever want to go back there again, mm-hmm. right? It's a part it's a part of the history. Um, hopefully, you know, six years from when it happened, you're not still talking about it on a regular basis, because at some point, you do have to agree that if you're going to be together, you have to consciously move forward and let it be in the past. And you can't keep bringing it up over and over and over again because you're never going to heal. You're never going to, it's never, you're never going to build that trust that way. Mm-hmm. You have to make an agreement that you're going to be in the present together. If that makes sense. Yeah. I must be too woo about that, but. Um. <laughs> no, absolutely makes sense. I, I'm curious, though, do you have to, because now you, you're taking this and applying it to, and a lot of what you're saying obviously works for, or I feel like would work for vanilla relationships as well, even though we talk about rituals and such. But in vanilla relationships, we we have those kind of more, much more subtle sort of things. But from a power exchange perspective, in the situation where it is the, and we know it goes both ways, but in this situation where it is the lower case person that was impacted, that was cheated on, how quickly do you have to establish that um, we are going to stay together, we are going to work this out, versus an attitude of, well, if you do this, 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 and this, I'll stick around, but if you do this or this, I'm gone. Right, that feels like one of those yeah. uh, a hammer that you would hold over the relationship, which could get in the way of it becoming back into a healthy power exchange relationship. You're absolutely right about that. 
um, and that goes back to finally making that decision that you're not going to continue to bring it up. Because if you use it like a hammer, that is going to destroy any hope that you have. And there may be that inclination at first, and I'd be lying to you if I didn't say things like that at first because I was so hurt. Right. But between us, what happened was about a week, week and a half after the incident, um, I came to him. And I think that it, I think if he had come to me and said the same thing, it, it, it wouldn't have worked right. Like, you can't force it from that direction. But I came to him, and I basically said what he said, look, We've been together for so long. I love you. You've never hurt me like this before. Work this through. And I'm committed to seeing it through. And we're going to give it the best shot we can. And he, I think he probably was very relieved at that point because I'm sure, even though I didn't really necessarily think about leaving, he didn't know that. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, he was on pins and needles. He was very, and this is what made the difference for me. He immediately knew how much he had hurt me, and he immediately started expressing his regret and his apology and doing things and giving me space. And if he had handled it in any other way, it probably would have looked very, very differently. But he let me do what I needed to do. And for me to get my head on straight and figure out what I and here's the reality, okay, if you are with someone long enough, and it may not be cheating, but if you are with someone long enough, no matter how much you love them and how wonderful they are, they are going to hurt you badly. It's almost inevitable. Hopefully it's not anything like this, but it's going to happen. And what are you going to do when that happens? Good thing to think about. We don't want to think about that, but it is, you know, yeah, it, no, to think about. Yeah. Got, no, it, it's but, funny. You know, we're all human. Yeah. I, I was going to just going to say one of the classes that we are most rarely asked to teach is real life power exchange. That's like, you know, the topics when, well, when your dog dies or when you lose your house due to foreclosure or when your spouse gets cancer, how are you going to deal with that in your power exchange? Uh, because, People, although it's a very real topic, it's not something that people want to, oh, I hope, I'm going to enjoy a conference where we talk about how terrible life can be. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're quite right that you do have, this is part of the reality of being a living human being. Um, so that does, that does bring me to uh, one more question about this, if you don't mind. You and sure. um, your partner happen to do a lot of presenting like Don and I do around the nation at different conferences. Is this, and I think I heard you answer this question already, but uh, is this a, is there a class based on this that you guys teach or, or we, we do. go ahead. No, go ahead. please. Uh, I, be, I was just going to clarify, maybe not the, this is exact topic, but do you use this as something that you can teach other people at this point, how to, deal with situations, either this situation or like situations? Yes. Yes, yes, we do. We don't have a whole class devoted to just this one thing, like the time master really fucked up and this is what we did about it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could, but we haven't done that to this point. But we do have um, a couple of classes where we do talk about this to one degree or another. Particularly, um, we have a class on um, conflict control issues, power struggles, and power exchange, 
And we talk a lot about things that we have both done that have not necessarily served the relationship or the other person to their best degree. And we, we've been pretty open about the fact that like, I tell a horrible story and I don't know if you really want me to regale your, your listeners with that about, you know, burning dildos in the backyard. I'm so angry. And this is the, that, that, that's what happens. That's what led me to that um, inglorious moment. But um, yeah, I think it's important. We, we have to talk about those things honestly. If you are going around and, and presenting your relationship as some pinnacle of perfection and, you know, everything is okay and nothing bad has ever happened, no, you know, how much are people going to be learning from you? Right. People learn, this is we learn from our mistakes more so than our successes. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And I know that uh, you and your partner um, – present from that same perspective and Don and I do that same thing where, you know, I can quote from a book all day long, but here's my experience with that thing. And here's what I did. And as humans, here's what we did and right. here's how we tried to fix it. So, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, you know, yeah. we like with, with the, uh, the polyamory toolkit that Don and I published, a lot of people say like, Oh boy, you guys must have this great poly life. Look at all these great tools. It's like, no, oh, <laughs> we developed these, these tools, tools because, because we fucked up. Right. <laughs> You uh, you don't buy a big toolkit because everything's perfect. You do it because you made you got repairs to make. So, line uh, your house is falling down. That, yes, <laughs> and and that's actually why I sold the big poly house. There's um, you didn't want to. Work. I didn't want to fix anything. I'm lazy. It's, oh, I got a flat tire in my car. I'm gonna sell it. No, that's terrible. Uh, so, slave line, thank you very much for being uh, on the podcast and sharing personal topics like this. Very much appreciate it. Hang around for a little bit oh, while Don and I chitter chat about other stuff. Um, and sure. we will ask you a flirty question, a terrible flirty question coming up. Uh, Don. Oh, all right, I'll step in. Yeah, just looking forward to that, I know. Um, so, Don, recently, it really neat to see. Uh, we've had a, a writer write in and say they're enjoying the podcast and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Doll Endures is this listener, is this podcast person. Um, I actually dug into them a little bit and I checked out their blog and it was neat to see uh, things like our book living MS mentioned in, in their blog. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's every once in a while you get, you randomly come across somebody that's talking about you um, in a positive way, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's just neat to see it's, you know, sometimes I feel like when people write in and say, Oh, I love the podcast, love what you guys are doing. Um, they're just doing that to be nice. So it's neat when you come across their writings about either about the podcast or about the book that, you know, they didn't want you to go. They didn't put it there for you to go find. They just put it there because <laughs> it was their natural reaction. So that's a nice ego stroke. It is. It is. Um, that I was reading. There's a quote earlier I was reading about uh, imposter syndrome where oh, yeah. uh, there is uh, the short version of the story is that somebody was at a party and they were around all these rich and famous and accomplished people. And uh, two of these people had the same first name. So they started talking to each other. And one person says, I, you know, I just don't feel like I belong here. And the, the other person said, well, uh, Neil, you were the first man on the moon. Maybe that's worth something. <laughs> and the other person's like, you know, I don't know, Neil. And the other person he was talking to was Neil Gaiman. You know, and they're like, they're looking around at everybody like, oh, I wish I was important or famous enough to be, you know, to feel like I belong around these people. 
I think the the moral of the story being, of course, that we all have this. I, most of us have, most of the people that I dig have some level of imposter syndrome where they're like, do I really belong here? Yeah. And, and, it's, thing, and it's yeah. not a negative way, but right. it's like you and I recognize every once in a while, uh, actually we did a podcast, I think it was 400, where we were 300, something like that, where the, the theme was we're not rock stars because every once in a while we run into somebody who thinks that we're important or mm-hmm. because they've gotten something valuable from what we've said. And it's neat to be reminded that, you know, the reality is, nope, we're, we're, we sold a house, we bought a house, we live in a hotel, our cats <laughs> poop on us, our dog does <laughs> annoying does things. Um, just fucking life. It's people, man. It, it's so, so baby doll enders, thank you uh, for um, being a podcast listener and for mentioning us in a nice way on the blog. You could go read what she wrote or what they wrote at babydollenders.home.blog. That's a very long way. A lot of wind spent saying <laughs> we got a nice comment. Indeed. And thank you. So, and we also got another comment um, just earlier today. So a listener is listening to episode 100, which is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, do you remember who it was we were interviewing? Nalen. Nalen, that's right. So and uh, on episode 100, Nalen breaks down scenes and how to, so like I like tentacle sex. Mm-hmm. So we use that as an example. And Nalen broke down the different parts as to what it is about tentacle sex that I like. It's not actually the tentacles, right? It's something else completely different. So if you put that part into a scene, yeah, you, are you looking at my tentacle pins? Yes, my it is the tentacles? tentacles. I don't believe you. Please go on. <laughs> but there's something else involved as, as well. And um, Nalen was able to break it down so that if anyone wanted to do a tentacle scene with me, here's the pieces that you need to have involved mm-hmm. for it to really work because it's not just the tentacles. So, yeah, I really like that. So that was um, Aaron Koo, so who sent that in, that they were listening to episode 100 and enjoying themselves. Did you notice where Aaron Koo was from? I did not. Zimbabwe. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it, really neat when we get – and this is one of the thing. here's one of the stupid things we would do if we were filthy rich. <laughs> uh, we would get a, a message like this from uh, Aaron Koo in Zimbabwe, or we've recently been chatting with somebody in the U.K. who's, uh-huh. you know, just starting to get explored in MS. The, if we were filthy rich, we would be – the stupid thing we would do is like, oh, we'll just come out to your city and have a cup of coffee with you. Oh, that would be so cool. I need to buy a lottery ticket. That's the only Because that's way how it happens, right. <laughs> hey, I had a neighbor that hit the lottery once. Yeah, it totally fucked up her life. Never mind. I don't want to win the lottery. It's okay. I'll, I'll do it for you. Okay. It not bother me at all. <laughs> um, so I recently uh, was flirting with somebody. Where are you now? Yes. <laughs> and I sent them three of these flirty questions, and I said, and I picked them randomly off the same list that we've been using on the podcast. Right. And I said, I'm going to send you these three flirty questions, and they're kind of bad questions. Uh, she answered the questions, and but started off by saying, no, these are horrible questions. <laughs> these are the worst flirty questions I've ever read in my life. Here's three more. <laughs> Uh, Don, see, and it's mixed, right? Because there's the, there's this first one. I think it's pretty good. The second one is just creepy. And then the third one. I don't know. It depends how you do it. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, slave line still hanging out out there. I sure am. Can I ask you a flirty question? Please do. All right. The f- one, two or three. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. You said two was awful, so let's do two. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. 
All right, so two implies that I've asked you a different flirty question already. Okay? Oh, of course. <laughs> so I've asked you a flirty question, and my next question for you is, how can I exploit that? That's the flirty question. How, how can I exploit that? So it's really not a standalone <laughs> flirty question. But how would you feel if somebody said, hey, um, what's... What's, you, you, what's yeah. your favorite color? My favorite or no, color is something purple. better than like, okay. where's your favorite place to be massaged? And you said, oh, I like neck massages, right? And if my follow-up question was, well, how can I exploit that? Would that be a good flirty question? I to me, absolutely, because I already have ideas how you could exploit that. Because I'm thinking, well, you know, you get me relaxed and then you start nibbling on my neck and it's done because that's like my kryptonite, right? Like that's hot as hell to me. So maybe... Maybe I picked the wrong question because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I have to remember that then when I flirt with people at Winter Wickedness in a couple of weeks to follow it up with, and how can I exploit that? <laughs> and it really, it, that's a good reflection of how these flirty questions are kind of specific to the listener because I exploit, how can I exploit that to me sends up the defenses that's something that, uh, that's kind of a creepy thing to say to me. That's why I thought it was a bad question. But somebody else, it's like yourself, line, would be like, oh, great. This is a communication. is a way that we can learn more about each other and we can get yeah. along. And, you know, you may have asked the wrong person because I'm a real dirty kid. And I'm not translate <laughs> well to someone else. Dawn, do you want number one or number three? Oh... I don't know. I don't know right. that I like either one of them. I will tell you my answer okay. number one. My answer number one is what would be your oh, no, perfect... Let me, let me ask you. Oh, please. Okay. okay. So what would be your perfect romantic getaway? See, to me, this is a classical flirty question. Yep. It's moving in the right direction, but it's not implying, you know, I mean, I'm not going to answer anything with you. <laughs> um, I don't know. That could work. <laughs> I could answer that, I suppose. What would be my perfect romantic getaway? Um, right now I'm running through some of the things that I've done and I'm trying to recall which partner I was with because <laughs> <laughs> the wrong, you, you know, I, you, uh, this is one of the, the dangers of polyamory is, Oh, do you remember that one bungalow we went to where they had the fresh strawberries every day? No, that wasn't you. Oh, that was, it was, it was nice. He would have enjoyed it. Uh, um, I guess romantic. Getaway. The first thing that comes to mind, I'm going to perfect romantic getaway. I don't know about perfect, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. The cruise ship is the, is really built to be chill and relax and not have a schedule. And, um, you know, you don't have to, you eat fancy all and you really get a chance to get to know each other. I don't know why I would call that a particularly romantic getaway. Um, I don't know. That's, I guess I'm going to have to go with that. You got anything better yeah. than that? Well, I, I was not going to go cruise ship specifically, but I had two things in mind. One would be it is fucking cold outside right now. So cruise ship would be awesome because those are usually in tropical weather. <laughs> but I'm thinking a beach weekend mm -hmm. where you just go and chill. You know, maybe you ride the strip or walk the boards or whatever and just find a random place to eat. And But sunshine, sand, warm water, I'm good. Or like a cabin 
in Hocking Hills, mm. and it's a wood fireplace. We've done that before. Mm-hmm. The wood fireplace and the hot tub and the snow, and that's awesome, too. So anything like that, anything that's warm yeah, <laughs> at this you, point. You, I noticed neither one of us are like, oh, that one, that um, – uh, International Master Slave Contest weekend, or this slave contest weekend, or this no, par- big chill, play party. Relax, warm. Yeah. Uh, the reality is no that, internet. Yeah, yeah, and um, part of it for you and me, and and Lion, I bet it's the same for you. Part of it to be a relaxed, romantic weekend is it can't be a place where you're known as it's. Dan and Dawn presenters, Dan and Dawn authors, Dan and Dawn podcasters, or, right. uh, you know, where you're there to present or there to, or not even there to present or do something, but there where you're carrying a little bit of um, expectations of how people see, you know, that you have to put on the Dan yeah. and Dawn thing. And Lion, I'm, sh- I'm yeah, sure you get no. that same thing, right? Sure, absolutely. It's not that I don't love being there and doing those things, but you're on. It, it, you're on a lot, and mm-hmm. you're talking, and you're running, and you're moving, and that's not that's not relaxing. It's awesome, but it's not relaxing. I I need sweat pants and Netflix and my cone of silence and whatever it is. That that's yeah. No. Yep. <laughs> I've seen you like that during a weekend. That was a chill yeah. weekend too. That was awesome. Again, the secret it's words. <laughs> so, uh, Dawn, what is your soft spot in a guy? What is my soft spot or in a weakness guy? in a guy? Weakness in a guy. I like. Hmm. So eyes is going to be one of them. Uh-huh. Their eyes, but it's more about I like dominance in a guy. Mm-hmm. So I like a guy that is very confident. He is confident in his dominance. He is confident that. He has what it takes. You know what I mean? But I also like that sparkle of fun in his eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a neat combination, and it's kind of rare that I find it. That it's a sparkle of fun in his eyes, but he's having fun being a dominant right. sort of thing. So I'm very confident. So that's that's my weak spot. Uh, and it, that's... <laughs> A good one. As mm-hmm. I've, I've said before, you know, if you, it's one of those, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I would tell past Dan is self-confidence is sexy. Mm-hmm. Arrogance is not. Right. So, agreed. There you go. Um, and there you go, Don. I didn't think we had any tentacles. We have no food on boobs. I don't think we have we any tentacles. We do have some tentacles. We do, we do. So, Alpha Geek, he sent me... The tentacle nylons from the Etsy store, right? I had two different people send that to me. Very cool. So it was Alpha Geek and um, Brooklyn out of Toronto. Who oh, very cool. Who will we'll be, be seeing? seeing at an event coming up soon. So, um, and we're not used to Brooklyn being Brooklyn. So it'll be like meeting a whole new person. Absolutely. That'll yep. be kind of neat. So both of them sent me the tentacle nylons. Um, it's done by an Etsy artist. And um, I'd really like to have these. So it's kind of... Oh, uh, silicone. I think there's silicone uh, tentacles on nylons, hmm. and they're really, 
rocking. So I need to look deeper into that, see if he's got my size. And then Metasig sent the octopus chandelier. So that's going around again. So, And that's one of those you said last time that you would actually put up in the house. It's so very pretty. It is gorgeous. So yay for my tentacles. I'm not going to put it up in the hotel room. That would be Oh, annoying. who else? Oh, it was Brooklyn. Oh, you're not going to put it up in the hotel room, right? It was Brooklyn that was like, oh, I was just perusing and found them and thought of you. And aw, thanks, Brooklyn. And uh, on our, the old Instagram, uh, I haven't been posting a whole lot to Instagram lately because I haven't eaten anything uh, interesting, which is the most popular thing to post on Instagram, followed by Instagram. pictures of your pets. Oh, really? But you and I normally go more with the dungeony thing. I'm going to go get a picture of all the pervertibles people brought to our pervertible party. Oh, is it that time yet? It is what that time. time. Is it? Yeah, well, about 20 minutes the party starts. So uh, maybe, so here at the space where we are having a pervertibles party, so that'll be neat. But I have been posting pictures because Winter Wickedness is coming up in two weeks and I'm vending and Arcane's vending mm-hmm. and he is vending as Impact Artisans. So um, his floggers, my floggers, and the late Mr. Malaprop, we still have a little bit of his stuff left. So he'll be vending as Impact Artisans. I'll be vending as Blossom Trading Company. So I've got the um, hooded aftercare blankets and books by us and books by Kame Bat and coloring books by Katie and corset bags by Spanky Ray and just all kinds of stuff. And I just started making flogger rolls. So I am busy, busy, busy. And those are the pictures that I'm putting up on Instagram. Very cool. If you're interested in that, you can head over to theeroticawakening.com and actually head over to Instagram instead, and you'll see the picture of the day as we post as Erotic Awakening. Indeed. So take a moment to support the podcast, rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what you're doing, head over to Patreon. If you like what we're doing, if you like what you're doing, <laughs> you can head there as well. But if you, if you like, like what, what you're doing, doing, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, head on over to patreoncom Awakening. Take a look at the options like discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Lion. Bye, Lion. Bye. Bye.